Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome back to another episode of Unnatural. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm super excited to hear what you have for us today. You should be. This one is a bit outside the box today, I would say. Mm. Um, but certainly unnatural, nonetheless. So, Emily, humans first began gathering together in villages around 10,000 years ago in places like Mesopotamia and soon after in the Indus Valley, China, Egypt, and even Mesoamerica. I know what you're thinking. What the hell does this have to do with true crime? Trust me, there's a connection. Did you find like a super ancient case, like the first murder to have occurred? <laughs> Actually, I've already looked into that. So that might be coming at some point because I'm a nerd, but no. So since civilization kind of sprung up, though, we've circumnavigated the entire globe, as you know, spreading our thoughts, our ideas, our trade, and really our very way of life across the entire planet. Remarkably, though, there are still a few places on Earth that remain relatively free from human colonization, places where the original inhabitants live much like they did 10,000 years ago. These people live in small, isolated tribes around the globe, with the majority of them located in the Amazon rainforest in Brazil and Peru. You've probably seen those tribes on video where like, there's a helicopter flying over and they're throwing spears at it and stuff. And mm -hmm. Those are where the majority of the uncontacted tribes on Earth are. But our story today lies in the Indian Ocean, where nearly every person who has attempted to make contact with this deadly tribe on a small island has done so at their own peril. This is the story of John Allen Chow and his precarious journey to North Sentinel Island. As we discussed a few moments ago, you've heard of this case. It was a worldwide story just a few years ago, back in 2018. But tales of tragedy on North Sentinel Island go back much further than that case. So before we get to John Allen Chow and his dangerous voyage to the island, let's talk about some of the other dangerous expeditions to the no man's land known as North Sentinel Island. As I mentioned, North Sentinel is an island in the Indian Ocean. Specifically, it's part of an island chain known as the Andaman Islands, located between India and Myanmar. The island itself is relatively small, only about five miles long and about four and a half miles wide. I guess it's similar in size to the island of Manhattan, only about 10 million less people in it. Yeah. 
Other than that, slightly less populated, <laughs> a few less skyscrapers, a few more dangerous animals. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I would take I would take dangerous animals over like dangerous Manhattaners. people. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of dangerous animals on Manhattan. It's us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> One of the craziest facts I found while researching this case is it's not all that far away from civilization, really. You would think that it would be out in the middle of nowhere, but really, it's just about 20 miles, give or take, from the town of Port Blair which is the capital of the Andaman Islands with a population of around 140,000 people. It's just crazy to think about this isolated tribe that has no contact with people is that close to 140,000 people. Yeah. Wait, how many how many miles away did you say? It's about 20 miles, give or take. Oh, okay. Yeah. Obviously across the ocean, but still. The entire island is filled with a dense and rugged forest other than its beaches on the coastline. And you can actually look at it up close on Google Earth, which I definitely did for way too long, like examining the island, especially after I heard that there is actually a large ship that was wrecked on its coast decades ago. And sure enough, if you zoom in close enough on your Google Earth, you can find that shipwreck which is crazy. It's said that the island's inhabitants have been scavenging the ship to make weapons and tools and other things for years, which I guess the ship is made out of iron. So they immediately propelled themselves into, into the Iron Age when they found this ship. Yeah. You can imagine it must have been crazy for these primitive people who by all intents and purposes like I said, are still living in the Stone Age to come across a modern ship like this for the first time. It would be like you or I coming across an alien UFO that crash landed in our yard or something. Yeah, that would be creepy. Wouldn't it? And with all this talk about UFOs lately, like it might happen. Who knows? There might be a Chinese balloon flying above us right now. Where is the ship? Oh, are you looking for it? It's on the northern part of the island. Oh, north. Yeah, it's like maybe a smidge to the northwest. It took me a while to find it. So the first known encounter between the Sentinelese people and the modern world actually occurred in the 19th century. Oh. There was this Indian vessel that went to ground after hitting the coral reef that surrounds the island. And not long after being shipwrecked, the crew of the ship had to fight off numerous attacks from the islanders until they were finally rescued. But apparently it was just absolutely terrifying for them because they didn't even know there were people on the island. And all of a sudden they're being attacked by these primitive people, you know. Oh, that would be scary. Yeah. The entire region, along with much of the world at the time was controlled by the United Kingdom. They were kind of the superpower at the time. And once word got out to the powers that be, the British decided to send the Royal Navy to investigate the island and the natives and make peace with them and probably eventually take over their land like they did with everybody else. But that's another Fucking story. Colonizers. 
So Maurice Portman was a government administrator, and he kind of hoped to research the natives and learn their customs because, let's face it, this is fascinating. This is literally a mirror image of what we looked like, what we did 20,000 years ago. Yeah. And he landed on North Sentinel Island in January of 1880. They kind of made a bunch of pathways and several found several small abandoned villages. But it was clear that the Sentinelese didn't want to be found. And it's their island. Obviously, they know where to hide. After several days, they finally found six Sentinelese people. It was an elderly couple and four children. And what did they do? Oh, they decided to kidnap them. Of course, because (laughs) what else would a colonizer do? Right. So they take this elderly couple and the four kids back to Port Blair. And a colonial officer who was kind of in charge of the whole operation wrote this, quote, Sickened rapidly, and the old man and his wife died. So the four children were sent back to their home with quantities of presents, end quote. Quantities of presents? Okay. Yeah. Gave them a bunch of gifts to give back to the Islanders. So probably not the greatest first impression, I would say. Not the best idea to steal six of the native Islanders and only return four. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Yeah. And it's generally thought that the old man and his wife died from being exposed to diseases that they had no immunity to, which is kind of one of the main reasons the Sentinelese and other uncontacted tribes remain in isolation to this very day. To put it simply, None of these people have ever been exposed to measles, smallpox, and the long list of other diseases and viruses that have ravaged the rest of the world for hundreds, if not thousands of years, right? Right. Case in point, when the Europeans first landed in the Americas, our, our diseases killed thousands, if not millions, of the indigenous Americans before the majority of them ever even laid eyes on a white man. Right. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Obviously, there was genocide and all that that followed, but it was our diseases that killed them more than anything else. So there is definitely precedent here to just leave these people the fuck alone. Yeah. But were they left alone? No. Of course not. Now... Over the centuries, a number of interactions with the island's natives have taken place. Once India became independent of the United Kingdom, they kind of took control over the island. And every few years, they would monitor things and drop off gifts to the people. Things like coconuts, fishnets, dried fish, nothing that would like rock their world and make them not understand what it was things that they would understand yeah in in fact i found this crazy youtube video of people actually going to the island and from their boat they're throwing coconuts to the natives on shore and interacting with them now these were people that had already been going there for years 
So the island's natives were a little bit more comfortable with them and didn't just try to kill them. But it's just mind blowing to watch the looks on these people's faces because they don't even know what the internet is. They don't know what cars are. They don't even really have the wheel, you know? And yeah. there's said to be about maybe 20 to 60 people on the island, but we don't exactly know how many because how are you going to do a census without getting speared to death? Might be kind of difficult. What if they're all gone? Say. No, we know that they're still there because they the the Indian government still monitors them to a certain extent. Um, they they do believe that there's less now than there were before. Like if you remember back in 2004, there was this giant tsunami that rocked the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. Like h- hundreds of thousands of people died, right? And a few days after the tsunami hit and the earthquake, the Indian government sent helicopters over the island to make sure the island inhabitants were okay. And oh, yeah, they were okay. They were throwing spears at the helicopters. So oh, okay. they, they, they were doing just fine. So we know that they're still there. And there is at least a few dozen, maybe 30 to 40 people. And by the way, speaking of getting speared to death, a large number of the interactions with the Sentinelese have been hostile. Like back in 1981, remember that ship I told you about that washed ashore and became shipwrecked? Have you found it yet, by the way? Yes. You did? I was looking I was looking northeast. Oh, were you? Not okay. northwest. So I was like, what the fuck? It's not super easy to find, though. No, but I did find it. It's kind of cool. Anyway, that ship, it likely could have been repaired. But the crew was routinely attacked with bow and arrows and spears by the natives while they were trying to work on it. And they didn't have any weapons on board. It was some sort of salvage ship or something. So they tried to lock their doors and they knew it was going to be a long time before another ship came to get them. So they actually radioed and got some guy who was in a helicopter to come by and rescue them. Otherwise... I'm sure they would have been slaughtered. And there were a lot of accounts of things like this happening over the years. Back in 2006, two Indian fishermen who by all accounts were just absolutely wasted drunk and not really paying attention. They were in their boats and they veered a little too close to North Sentinel Island and paid the ultimate price. Oops. Other... Fishermen who happened to also be near the island and fishing illegally, they saw this go down and they watched a group of male Sentinelese approach the boat with what appeared to be hatchets and proceed to just hack the two men to death. Oh my God. Yeah, they don't fuck around on this island. I mean, it's clear they want to be left alone. Later, a helicopter was sent to the island to investigate the incident. But the Sentinelese, again, stop me if you heard this before, shot at it with arrows until it was forced to leave the island. And they didn't stop there. Uh, Later, the islanders appeared to put both of the men's heads on these bamboo spikes 
and they had the heads facing the ocean clearly as a kind of sign of warning to the outside world yeah right basically their version of fuck around and find out that's what i was just gonna say like these guys fucked around and then they found out they did just a terrible way to die though i mean you're drunk off your ass sleeping and all of a sudden you're being hacked to death yeah not fun whoops so this brings us to the story of john allen chow it's a tragic one one that easily could have been avoided and sadly led to his premature death and his body never to be recovered So, in October of 2018, 26-year-old John Chow hopped on a flight from the U.S. I think he went to London, and then eventually India, and then finally Port Blair. Except Port Blair wasn't his ultimate destination. John spent the next 11 days in complete isolation as to make sure that he didn't have any diseases or viruses that could be transmitted. Mm -hmm. He then set out for North Sentinel Island, an island which, by the way, is banned from receiving any type of tourists whatsoever. It has like a five-mile radius around it that is completely blocked off, and there's a Coast Guard that is very frequently patrolling around the waters. Mm -hmm. After coming out of his self-imposed quarantine, John paid some local fishermen apparently about $400 in American money to take him to the island. And you're probably wondering at this point, why? Why would this 26-year-old American want to risk his life, not to mention break all kinds of international laws in order to make contact with the Centenalese people? Yeah, you guys can't see me right now, but I was, like, absolutely shaking my head. Like, don't do that. Yeah, what's the reason? What's the motive? But also, these fishermen, what are you doing? I know. They're locals. They know better. Yeah. They know that that island is off limits. But... They just wanted that... Money talks. Yeah, but... Anyway, carry on. Well, the answer was that John felt obligated to bring Christianity to these people, an obligation that had been indoctrinated into him by his fundamentalist church. You see, John had recently been to a boot camp. That's what they called it, a religious boot camp that trained him for this specific moment. It was ran by 
Missouri-based All Nations Church, where John, according to a report released in the New York Times, received training from the church, including navigating through a mock village of hostile natives, wielding spears in preparation for his trip to North Sentinel Island. Shut the fuck up. No, they actually had this fake village set up to kind of help him prepare. Now, obviously, they had no idea what the Sentinelese people were actually like. Yeah. But this wasn't John's first go around as a missionary either. He had already been a part of trips to an isolated area of Mexico, South Africa, and even Iraqi Kurdistan during some of the worst parts of the Iraq war. But this trip was unlike any trip he'd ever taken. Not only was it not sanctioned or even legal, but once John left Port Blair, he'd be on his own. So these fishermen, they illegally smuggled John to the island on a few occasions. Apparently, this took place over several days where John attempted to spread the word of God to the islanders. Mm -hmm. And as you can probably imagine, this did not go well. So they attempted to get on the island more than once. Yeah, from what I read, this was about a three-day thing. And he actually did go to the island a few times. Read the room, my guy. Right. Well, so at first he he had this canoe or a kayak or something that was alongside the boats. And he would get in the canoe and he paddled to shore from one of the fishing boats. And the fishermen would later say, he did this even as arrows were being shot at his direction. So right out of the gate, they're hostile. Yeah. That should have been your red flag right there. Read the room. After a number of hours without seeing or hearing John, he finally returned to the fishermen later that day for some medicine and food. Apparently, he had suffered some injuries from the arrows, but uh, they were not life-threatening. He left his journal with the men, which describes how the Sentinelese were about five feet, five inches tall. They had yellow paste all over their faces, and they reacted very angrily when John tried to sing them gospel songs. Quote, I hollered, my name is John. I love you and Jesus loves you. He wrote in his journal. When he said this, one of the juvenile Sentinelese shot an arrow through his waterproof Bible. He also said, quote, You guys might think I'm crazy in all of this, but I think it's worthwhile to declare Jesus to these people. God, I don't want to die. End quote. And I got to say, I, I admire his passion. I, I do. But like you said, you have to read the room. You have to know, especially in this day and age, if there's still an uncontacted tribe out there, they don't want to be messed around with. And you also have to have enough empathy to know that it's not good for them. You could kill them just by breathing on them. Yeah. 
So John went to the island for a third day. Before jumping back into his canoe, he told the guys on the boats that, hey, get out of here. I'm not coming back again. And he gave them a short letter to send to his parents in the United States, which wrote, quote, I love you all, and I pray none of you love anything in the world more than you love Jesus Christ. Soli Dio Gloria, which I don't know if I pronounced that right, but that's Latin, and it translates to glory to God alone. The fisherman dropped him off with his canoe as he asked when he said, I won't return this time and I will stay on the island come what may. Come what may indeed, Emily. So. Go ahead. I have a lot of thoughts and I have a lot of opinions that I think I should keep. I should keep most of them to myself. But I mean, so he was just 100% planning to sacrifice himself for this. It sounded like it. He was that resolved in his faith that he believed that this was the right thing to do. He believed that this was what he was put on earth to do, was to convert these people to Christianity. And if he were to die so in the process, he was willing to do that. Mm -mm. Again, I admire his conviction, but I certainly think that he was wrong. Yeah. And this was the last time anyone from the outside world would see John Chow alive. There's not a whole lot known about what went down that final day he was there. But the next morning, the fishermen, I guess they were curious and maybe they thought, well, he's probably given it up and he wants to come back. He wants to go home. They went back to the island and they spotted his body being dragged along the beach by the island's inhabitants. So John Allen Chow was dead. And the Indian government was outraged when they found out that a foreigner had gained access to the forbidden island. But nevertheless, Emily, they made a number of attempts to retrieve John's body so it could be brought back home to the United States for a proper burial. However, all of these attempts failed because of what we talked about earlier. They would try to go get the body, and they would get shot at with arrows. Well, did they Obviously, just leave the body on the beach, or how did they know where the body was? They knew where the body was based on helicopters, drones, and what the fishermen had said. And that's where John Allen Chow's body remains to this day on the beaches of North Sentinel Island. Just crazy. Yeah. And how old was he again? He was 26, born yeah. in 1991, younger than you. Maybe you're going to get to this and I'm just getting ahead of myself. Like, did his family ever say anything publicly about what happened? His family both are in the church. Yeah. There hasn't been a whole lot of public comment on what his mom, dad, or even what the church said, but there was a lot of, as you can imagine, outrage pointed towards the church. And people said, 
you know, a lot of these evangelical missionaries over the last 20 years have gotten a little too aggressive with bringing civilization and Christianity to primitive people. And sadly, John was not the first, and he probably will not be the last missionary to die like this. He's definitely the most publicized, though. Yeah. As we talked about at the beginning, this story, it became the story around the world in late 2018. And the repercussions of his actions were felt by many of those who aided him, like we said, including the church and even those fishermen who yeah, illegally say, smuggled like, him. They, what happened to that? There were, I believe there were seven of them in total, and they were imprisoned for their actions, but mm-hmm. not for long. They were later released. It's just, it's such an avoidable thing. Like, this did not have to happen. Yeah. And he seems like a really great kid, you know? He was always smiling in all the videos and the pictures I saw of him. Fun-loving guy, but obviously... Like I said, he was just hell-bent, no pun intended, on getting Christianity to these people who have never been exposed to anything like that before. Yeah. These are a people who time forgot, and I think it's important to leave them alone out of respect to them and as a reminder of where the rest of us came from. Yeah. You know... As much as I love, like, technology and whatnot, I think it would be so nice to just, like, for a couple months, go live on a deserted island, like, super primitive. Live off the grid. Like, you don't have to worry about a job. Right. You don't have to worry about money. Yeah. You just have to worry about getting enough fish and making a shelter. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy. And I was reading all kinds of stuff about this. And throughout the last few centuries, there have been all these expeditions that have gone to the island. And the theory is these expeditions have probably contributed to the islanders' mythology and their belief of God or whatever God is to them. And like when the two elderly people died and never came back, I'm sure that kind of somehow contributed to their mythology. And it it, it is fascinating to think about what they think about us. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of one of those unknowns. We will never really know what they think about us because if we do, that will probably be the end of them. But I think if I were a betting man... I think that they're going to be around long after we're all gone. After we've destroyed our civilization, they might still be there on North Sentinel Island. Probably. So that's the tragic tale of John Allen Chow. And uh, if anybody wants to discuss this case or any of our other cases, they can always go to our socials. 
Yeah, come hang out with us on Instagram at Unnatural the Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Unnatural the True Crime Podcast. You can also send us a Gmail, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. Also consider signing up for our Patreon page where you get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. That is patreon.com slash unnaturalthepod. And as always, be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and share us with your friends. We love that. Yeah. I love that. I love those five-star reviews, and I love the uh, five-star ratings on our Spotify, too. Anyway, on that note, yes, we will talk to you next week, and in the meantime, be sure you make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. our three-star reviews from people who don't like my commentary i love your commentary you're not still letting that get to you that blitz guy i hope no it's just funny no but i did type that username in on google and i found a instagram page (laughs) to someone named rebecca really Mm. it's not one of my ex-girlfriends is it i don't know have you dated somebody named rebecca yeah (laughs) want to give a shout out to kai kai if you've ever looked at our social media does all of our amazing drawings and has done some very unique and awesome ones or i would say like the last nine or ten months or so and kai even did one that i shared with you today emily yeah, it was super cool. I always, I always, I always love when you send me the little fan arts because they're so cool. And right. thank you so much, Kai. You are the best. This one was you and I in the Stranger Things world. Yeah. And it look, it looks like we're some sort of, you know, government agents or something. Because you have a gun and I have a holster, but I'm, I have the flashlight, and you have the gun, and there's a demigorgon right behind us so i hope that you shoot the fucking thing absolutely i would good and i will yeah thanks if you guys want to know what we're talking about i will post a picture um on our instagram so go check that out